For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Our chat system connects the Newcastle community with its public forums for supporters globally, as well as private chats with your mates. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. CHN Radio episode 142, or shall I call it, Why the Fuck Do We Live in Newcastle? Or, I just, bro, <laughs> we're leaving all this in. We're leaving all this. This is the worst intro of any pod the we've worst, ever done. We're leaving it all intro. in. Yeah, I'll leave it. I don't care. I have nothing to lose. Yeah, less work uh, for you. What I was going to say is, Why the Fuck, when we live in America, do we choose to support Newcastle United or WTFNU for short podcast? Yes. That is CHN Radio. I'm your host, Greg Troxell. Uh, Joined with me is the best damn co-host in the land, and his name, Elijah Newsom. Yes, I'm Elijah Newsom, uh, sporting the same look that Scotty Pippen has right now. Scotty Pippen and I both have cornrows, so shout out to us. And only us. Yeah, yeah. Wait, not to who? I saw a meme that said Scotty Pippen got cornrows, so his wife thinks that he's future. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty. Only funny. some will get the joke, but if you get the joke, it's really good. Yeah. Um. But <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm excited to be here. I'm super stoked uh, that I have the pleasure of discussing um, what was truly a riveting match uh, with all of you, and it's crazy, Greg, because. I mean, we are literally, I mean, two matches away from this season being completely done and dusted, and then we got to do a season review, and then got to turn around immediately and do a season preview, so I'm excited for all that stuff, I'm excited for the folks to follow me on Twitter, at Elijah underscore Newsom, um, be sure to follow me and the podcast account, at CHN underscore radio, um, and of course, at Coming Home in UFC, if you saw, we did some new stuff, we're doing some clips, so, uh, you know, I don't really want to listen to and figure out what to clip, and I don't want it to be bad. So if you guys have suggestions as to what you want me to clip and tweet out, yeah, just just DM me, and then we'll do it. And it could be really funny stuff. It could be really serious stuff. The world is uh the world is your we your always canvas. love <laughs> the world is your your canvas. Like that's a good one. I this mean, pod's that... gonna be great. This I swear, gonna... none of us are drunk either. Not yet, at least. <laughs> Yeah, not, not yet. I am drinking from a bottle, but yeah. not even drunk, not even close. Yeah. No. Uh, cool. He's had well, six sips, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so today was another L for Newcastle United. We're obviously recording this on the day of the game, so yesterday was an L also. Mm. <laughs> um, but uh, it, it wasn't. It was. It wasn't a terrible. It wasn't like Man City. Like Newcastle put up a fight in this one, and you know. Spurs are better, and they're attacking three are just better. So they won out in the end. 
But it was a pretty it was a pretty decent performance by Newcastle. We'll talk about all that um, after the Spurs review. Stay around. We're going to talk about Brighton and what to look for for that, and then we'll have a little bit of news and stuff for you after that. But first, before we dive in fully into the Spurs recap, we will talk about our three-word segment. Uh, so after every match, we ask you to write three words to describe the match, and then we'll read them on the podcast. So here we go. Uh, first one is from yours truly, Graham Bell. Mm. Well, it's not yours truly, because yours truly would be yourself. I'm speaking on behalf of. Oh, okay. okay. Um, <laughs> defense is woeful. No. Oh. What? I said, oh, that was just, that was it. That was, that was, that's the tweet. Oh. <laughs> Ohio Tune says, we're actually safe. Uh, Tune Man US says, approve the takeover. Trevor Mooney. Brucey's still shite. Joe Terry still can't finish. Uh, Mr. Steal Your Worldwide. Disappointment once again. Alex Passine. Chances go begging. Randall says get chair out. Nathan assured yet unlucky. Catherine Rayner had enough now. Uh, a black circle and a white circle. Yedlin is useless. <laughs> um, Tom Hawkins played much better. A. Abnet, A. Binet, 88, says, same old Newcastle. Blake, big effing chin. Uh, Hecky, craft the cone. Uh, Mike, <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. That's a good one. Mike Anderson says, depressingly as expected. Andy B. says, end season now. Alan Miller, I don't know. There's nothing three words about this, but you win. <laughs> yeah, this is so good. You need to you need to go into our three words tweet. <laughs> you just have to Alan see Miller's it for yourself. Post. It's so yeah, good. It's perfect. Oh man, uh, should that be our new Twitter header? Like that's really <laughs> funny. Be. Honestly, be. it might be. It you might have, have to be. Stick You're in charge of the socials. Us. Yeah. So oh. I mean, that might have to be what it is. It's true. Uh, Mighty Mags, bunch of ours. Phil, parents. Phil Perrins. I, I butchered this name last week. Sorry, Phil. Uh, I hate Bruce. Away the tune. Thunder bastard. Thunder bastard. Shite defending. And Stan says absolute dog shit. Oh, we uh, got we got two more on the main account. Yeah, you want to read uh, those? Yeah, Matt Shaler at two hundred one two three says confirm takeover now. And I I don't know if you know uh, the YouTuber Davy five hundred four, uh, Greg. He's like a bassist, and he says, like, slap like now. That's why I imagine this guy saying, confirm takeover now. Um, and then Connor Bennett at CBennett underscore 12 says, end it, please. Uh, I would say the three words this week, um, pretty yes. uh, pretty, pretty similar tune. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, don't, I think the players are saying the same thing, honestly. End, end it immediately. All right, so we'll go to the – match now and the lineups always always controversial with steve bruce because you you never know what he's going to do you never know well especially since we secured safety you never know what he's going to do you never know what formation or or even the players once they're named you don't know where they're going to fit in half yeah. the time yeah. it's um, always so a debate there, yeah there's always something going on with that so i'll read the lineup and then we'll get elijah's reaction on, on what he thinks or what he thought of um so Starting lineup for Newcastle United was Dubrovka, Kraft, Cher, Fernandez, and Yedlin, Bentelev, Shelby, St. Maximin, Almiron, Richie, 
Gale, and the subs were Darlow, Mankio, Matty Longstaff, Lazaro, Atsu, Jack Young, Tom Allen, and Jolent. What's up, Elijah? Yeah, I mean, um, I think it was kind of clear that it was going to be a five in the back because you had two kind of right backs in the in the side uh, with the Millcraft and DeAndre Yedlin. Interesting decision, to say the least. Uh, I mean, I then once I saw the match play, I could see why he went with DeAndre Yedlin over having Mankio. But then again, there's also the question of if you're going to play a right a right wing back that high because like our wing backs were, were sitting pretty high at certain points. You might as well play Valentino Lazaro. But, again, I digress. Uh, it was interesting uh, to see the Kraft three in the back experiment once again. Kraft is a center back. Um, but I understand. I mean, we're getting desperate. And at this point, I mean, one could argue, I mean, that Kraft has been a better center back since the restart than Fabian Cher. I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd take that argument, but you could make that argument. Um, so, certainly an interesting lineup encouraging to see that uh the the front the attack was was spot on i think um i think this is a weird match because i, I don't think Benzlev did anything wrong i don't think he did anything great either but him alongside shelby was was fine expected per se um that attacking lineup of uh of asm and and almiron and and dwight gale fit it, it seemed right i mean dwight gale's a hot hand you're riding and asm and almiron have been your best player since the restart so I mean, I had no real issues with the lineup. A little bit of concern with DeAndre Yedlin playing right wing back. It seems like he's uh, he's lost his touch uh, a little bit, and uh, I was right. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was just curious what side Yedlin or Kraft were going to play on. That's what I thought initially, because I didn't think I initially when I saw this lineup, I didn't think Kraft was going to be used as a center back. Mm. Um, so I thought it would be Yedlin and Kraft would alternate sides and then I just assumed Mankio for giving up that penalty that's why he was not in the lineup um also surprised to not see Matty Longstaff start once again you're you're trying to sign this guy to a contract and you're not playing him so interesting strategy there and then uh um but like still good to see Betzela start obviously Shelby um St. Maximin Almiron they're all locks and then um also, was happy to assume that Cher was not going to be in the midfield. That was my other other thought from that lineup. So, let's get into the match. Um, we immediately got... We, we found out right away what was going on. It was it was that wonderful 5-3-2. Uh, yeah, 5-3-2. And it was St. Maximin up top with Gale. And then Almiron was in like a 10 roll. And then Bentelov and Shelby were like alongside him ish, but Almiron just moved forward a lot more. Uh, so let's right into the match. Uh, Newcastle were the better team. They had the first chance right in the sixth minute. It was Kraft that started it. He curled a ball into the box and it found Almiron. Um, he he hit the shot that lashed out for the corner, which is a good chance. And then Richie found Almiron with a pretty cool corner, also that Almiron blazed over. But right. Right at right at the gate there, it was a, it's a pretty pretty good chance for for Newcastle. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What's your, what's your thoughts on that? Those I mean, I was just gonna say uh, we rolled out the five three two, and it's probably the the best it's looked all season from an attacking perspective. Where Newcastle actually, like when you play a five three two, you're you're expected to kind of control the ball, be able to possess the ball, and, and work it up the pitch. 
and be able to really utilize the wing backs to to you know take up space and all and and and, and take up take up the space that you know maybe your 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 midfielders or forwards are leaving and it it actually worked for Newcastle. I mean. Uh, there were moments where even Yedlin and, and the likes of Yedlin and Richie were getting into super dangerous areas. Um, Newcastle were controlling possession well. Um, the link-up play between the back line to the midfield to to the forwards is actually looking quite decent. Um, it was honestly a, a nice. It was a nice reminder that a back five can look good, uh, which is something that you know we really haven't had the pleasure of saying uh, much these past couple seasons. So, I mean, I, that was my first initial thought was like, Oh, we're playing a back five and it looks like a back five should look like, like how, you know, a, a Conte or, or um, even when England were in the world cup, like what they would do with a back five where it's like, Oh, it's actually some sort of maintaining possession and all that kind of crap. So it was, it was nice to see. Yeah. Yeah. And also nice to see Alan St. Maximin as always in a free role, um, some people were saying that he was playing the 10. I don't think he was. I think he just had the freedom to do whatever he yeah. wanted. Um, and it w- he was brilliant once again. Uh, he, and every time he touched the ball, there's two defenders on him at all times. And he, he's a magnet. And if we get one more player similar to his skill set, like attacking-wise, uh, we're going to be a real real threat. But first 15 you mean minutes. Like Valentino Lazaro? <laughs> Well, yeah, maybe. Um, <laughs> like, clearly, that's not. It's like, out. oh, we're, we're we yeah. like, oh, like I saw this report that was like Newcastle want to find the next Alan Saint Maxim. It's like, dude, I don't know. He might I, not I, be the next ASM, but but he's yeah. dude. He There's is definitely something that's watched. going on behind behind the scenes. Yeah, and we'll get into Lazaro because he immediately contributed today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he did. <laughs> yeah, so the first twenty minutes, it was all Newcastle to me. Yeah. Um, they, they, they kind of control the match. They control possession. Um, and then they like Spurs were just really afraid of St. Maximin. Essentially they were giving us a ton of space and then out of nowhere, completely out of nowhere, they score son. Uh, and it was Cher's mistake initially that led to this. Um, he blocked, uh, I can't remember whose cross it was. Uh, but he, he tried to run out with it, and he was tackled by Mora. And then the ball goes to Sun, and he hits a low shot right between Yedlin's legs into the net. One nothing Spurs. Uh, out of nowhere, like I said. What's your thoughts on that play, Elijah? Yeah, I mean, you have to say both parties are at fault. Um, I think Cher definitely holds the weight of this goal because um, the simple thing to do is just to clear it. I mean. Uh, he he maintained he he won the ball blocked the cross had it at his feet and all he had to do was clear it out of bounds or something else um, but instead he tried to take it forward try to play pass and was immediately tackled um, and it was essentially like if you look at the replay it's him trying to play a pass with two d- players running at him so it, there was really it didn't make sense to play the pass in that moment um, and if you did it's like it's got to be a, a Virgil Van Dyke esque like just splitting ball where it's like, oh, this was a great pass. And, I, I mean, Cher's capable of doing that, but you, you're hedging your bets. It's probably not going to happen every single time. So, uh, the first, first, it's obviously on Cher. And then Yedlin was obviously put in, a, in an interesting position because, I mean, like the commentator said, it, it's Son. Son's one of the fastest players in the Prem. And um, Yedlin's fast, but when you're you're shuffling like that, there's no way you can, you can keep up with a player that quick. So, if you overcommit, he's going to blow by you. And obviously, if you don't commit hard enough, like what happened, 
he's going to be able to, to get a shot off, and you know there's a high chance that it could, it could go in. So it's a tough situation for Yedlin to be in, um, and you would like to think that was his only mistake of the match, but I mean, he he, he that wasn't the only mistake of the match for him. So uh, it was an unfortunate goal, but it also felt like Newcastle could easily grab one back. Similar to when we played West Ham, where it was like, they scored, but then I was like, oh, well, Newcastle are probably going to score again. So, um, because it's still at that point, Newcastle were still very much in control of the match. I mean, that was one of, I think that was Tottenham's first shot on target, and it was a goal, so. Yeah, it was right after the drink break. I don't know if that's any, like, assumption. It was a fluke goal, technically, from Spurs, because, like, it wasn't, like, build up or anything. Yeah, just... It was a mistake by us, and, and they got a goal from it. So uh, I was hoping that... the theme of the restart, if we're being yeah. honest. Yeah, a lot of mistakes. Um, yeah, I, I want I want Yedlin to close down Sun. Like, if anybody's going to dribble past him, uh, or pa- if he's if Sun's going to dribble past anybody, it I'd rather it, I'd rather take the chance with our fastest player. And if and the angle that he was in, he would have had to go left, left of Yedlin, which would have... Made yeah. a really easy angle for, or a lot easier angle for Dubrovka to maintain. Yeah, so and, and had off to probably cross someone. it or shoot it right at Dubrovka. Yeah, but then yeah. again, yeah, if, if he if he crosses it, I think I think we're in danger. Yedlin has to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, but I think Yedlin has to take that chance. You just can't let somebody just pick a shot off. But um, yeah, I mean, and and to be fair, that's that's kind of. Yedlin's biggest I mean you talk about players with their kind of biggest crutches it's I think Yedlin it's obviously set piece defending and then just sometimes this is 1v1 defending I mean Yedlin for so long I mean and Greg and I know this being guys who've watched pretty much Yedlin's whole career I mean I remember when he's playing for Seattle Sounders as a teenager um I mean his biggest issue has always been one-on-one defending I mean he doesn't he doesn't make those those, uh, like you said, those quick decisions to, to commit, and it often results in, in him getting beat, or he overcommits. So it's it's something that has improved over the past few years, especially during the Rafa Benitez tenure, but it's still something he struggles with, obviously. And then, of course, the other thing just being set-piece defending, um, which we don't even need to get into, because unfortunately yeah. for him, it didn't happen this match, but... I mean, you could point to a lot of, of a lot of goals for Newcastle against Newcastle against Seattle against the US Men's National Team where DeAndre Edlin's lost his man at the at the far post. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's unfortunate, but it is something that he he's he struggled with in the past. It's kind of like Almiron in his right foot. It's just that's just the player you're getting at this point. Yeah. Uh, and then the the game pretty much stayed open for the most part. Spurs started to dominate, but then we got back into it. Uh, we hit the post. The 42nd minute, uh, that was a great ball from Shelby. And Gale met it at the front front post. Great run from Gale. And he flicked it, and it hits the back post directly, and nobody was able to get a hold of it. Uh, but that is how the first half ended. And it was, like, I, I thought, like, we should not be losing one nothing. Like, Newcastle, I feel like, deserved to be up, if anything. We, we looked better in the first 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, Gale hit the post, but... Uh, that was really the only like clear cut chance that we had. And I mean, I think the Almiron chances were pretty clear cut. They were just not. They were just were off target. Yeah. In the beginning, yeah. yeah. It's just like I see what you're saying though. Like that was like that was when Newcastle looked they were going to score. Was when Gale hit the post. Yeah. Uh, second half. Mm. Ready? 
All right. Um, second half, it was all Spurs to start this thing off. <laughs> and we just gave the ball away to them consistently. Like, every time we got the ball, we just gave it back. It was insane. Um, so Spurs were running all over the place. And then all of a sudden, this was like the first five minutes. And then all of a sudden, it opened up, like, pretty quickly after that, probably by 10 minutes into the second half. Um, and it was just like kind of we got caught in the counter, then we maintained control of the ball and went forward on our end. And it was just it, it was kind of fun to watch. Uh, we brought Lazaro on uh, right after things started to open up. And we brought Lazaro on for Yedlin. Yeah. Who? Yeah, we'll Yedlin didn't get a haircut before this match. So that was probably the reason why he wasn't that great. Yeah. Are barbershops open? I'm yeah. Wondering. Well, I mean, if they were open enough for him. To, at least, at least his girlfriend maybe probably braided. The last time he started, his hair was braided. So yeah, true. But Lazaro made an immediate impact, and it was a great goal by Richie. And we'll talk about that. But um, he Lazaro cuts in from the right wing, and he sprints into the center. But he gets he gets tackled, and and pass and who who tackled? I can't remember. But they pretty much forced the ball out to Richie. Yeah. on that tackle, mm-hmm. which Richie absolutely unleashed a ball. Uh, perfect shot. It was a beautiful shot. Goal. We tied it up. 1-1. Yeah. And, and to that point, that was just one of those, you, you look at players that draw attention, and that's what you're talking about, where you're like, you get another ASM-type player. Because if you look at like the players we have, there's only you know one out-and-out. There's two out-and-out dribblers on this team, and Lazaro is one of them, um, where it's just like, you know that when they're ball to feet, they're going to try to dribble around they're guys, and they're dangerous with the ball at feet. Almiron, I think that, I mean, he's, I don't know, I wouldn't say he's that much of a skiller. I think that he's dangerous with the ball at his feet, but because of his pace and because of his ability to, to change direction quickly, again, just different type of player, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And Lazaro kind of proves that point. He cuts inside, and immediately the, the left back and both center backs, like, collapse on into him. One of them makes a tackle, and it just complete and, and and it leaves like the middle of the box completely open for Richie to run up onto that shot. So it's like it's really annoying that he hasn't played more because every single time he's played, especially when he's played alongside ASM and Almiron, it's just like it's it's good because you you cannot you, they're all so dangerous that you cannot attract multiple guys to each one of them like. You, some one of them is going to always be open, and if not one of them, someone else on the pitch is going to be completely just wide open and and able to to take a shot or or dribble into some some space or something like that. So, I mean, just brilliant from Lazaro. I mean, I think he had a, a good match given the circumstances, um, and and just I don't know. It, it was nice to see, and it's it's something that won't show up on the stat sheet, but it's definitely something that every fan's going to remember about this match. Is like, okay, well, that goal was completely because of Lazaro. Yeah, uh, and it didn't last long. Uh, immediately after this goal, Spurs tie, uh, took the lead, and it was a poor, poor, poor defensive run of play for Newcastle. Um, we did all the work to get back into it, and it was Berwin who curled in a lovely ball, another sub who has made an impact, and then Kane gets behind Kraft and just, I mean, Kraft, just no chance. Yeah, um, and Kane nodded into the net, and, and you know what? A fair play to Kane. Uh, that was 200 goals for him for the club. So shout out. For that. And also classic Harry Kane, where it's like, I mean, he he you've you've been a striker at the highest level for so long, and, and arguably one of the best to play in the Premier League in the past 10, 15 seasons. 
Like, it's... He's just as able to position himself as a striker in, in places that will give even true center backs trouble. Um, I know Kraft is going to get a ton of... He got a ton of backlash from him. Even I tweeted about it. and Like, oh, that's why you don't play Kraft as center back. But also, just like... You could plug in for Federico Fernandez for that same situation, and it's likely that Kane still gets a shot off. I mean, he was literally positioned yeah. perfectly. Not much you can do there. Yeah. No, not at all. Um, yeah, so we had – now we started getting into some subs shortly after this. Uh, we brought Jolinton on for Gale. Uh, just one thing on Gale. I thought he was great. Yeah, um, he's good. He, he made runs that we just haven't seen from a striker in him in a while uh and i think he was impressive uh he didn't get a ton of opportunities but he from the opportunities that he received he i mean he put one on the post i mean he's getting those opportunities he's making those runs it seems like he wants to be involved where sometimes with jolinton you don't see that at all Mm -hmm. um so just my my thought there jolinton came on uh and we started getting people (laughs) further up the pitch uh, we started looking dangerous, but Jolinton was more of an, uh, a non-factor as a striker. Once again, um, couple, um, I have notes here. Fabian Cher really was struggling. Then he got hurt. Yeah. Getting more into that. Dislocated shoulder. Uh, terrible, like heavy touches from Jolinton here. Matt Longstaff, Matty Longstaff came on. Um St. Maximin was doing everything in his power to will us back into it, but then <laughs> he was Harry doing Kane. everything. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this man was on a mission. Harry Kane ended the match um, from one pitch, from one end to the other. Um, it was St. Maximin's cross, and it was cleared by Spurs, and then Kane played a ball to Lamella, and he held off Kraft pretty easily, so that's the first time Kraft got beat in LS play. And then uh, Lamella takes a shot, and it was saved by Dubrovka. And then Kraft tries to get over to Kane, stops, and then Kane heads it into the net. And I was just like, what? Like, why would you stop? He, yeah, he like, just stop. That was uh, awkward. So, yeah, three to one. What's your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's Kraft got beat a lot today. <laughs> I'm gonna say that's the same to you. Where it was like in the beginning, it was like, okay, I mean, I get it, Kraft's playing center back, but then also it was just like that was just like inexcusable. I mean, you can't get beat twice in the same in the same play um, by the same person. Uh, so it's it's uh, especially when like Harry Kane's not the most athletic individual in the world either. So it's uh, it's a bit it's a bit alarming. And and that goal was pro- I think that was probably the worst goal. Because it was so easy for Kane to get to get to that ball, um, so yeah, you're you're spot on there. I, I don't know what Kraft's doing there. It's 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 a bit disappointing. Yeah, uh, but that was the match. It was uh, it was disappointing way how it ended. Um, it was definitely like sloppy goals that Newcastle gave up, and there was it was a mistake late in again. Uh, Cher being injured, he dislocated his shoulder. And more worryingly, it looks like St. Maximin may have popped his hamstring, which is, that would not be good at all. Um, but it's three in a row, lost three defeats in a row for Newcastle. Uh, we're safe, but we played, and we played reasonably well. Uh, maybe, we probably played almost an hour of decent 
soccer. <laughs> and we lost three to one. Yeah, that's that's the state we're at. What's your and, thoughts? And to be fair, I, my my I think that that game should have been two to one. I think the last goal was just one of those goals where it's just like that. It, it's so much on just. I, I don't want to say it's so much on an individual, but it really is so much on an individual uh, that it's like, you. I don't even know if you can really fault the team for that goal. Um, so, I, I mean, in my eyes, I see it as a 2-1 loss, which I honestly think is fair. Obviously, the scoreline's 3-1, and it's a 3-1 loss, but it felt like a 2-1 loss where Newcastle were were good, but I think it, it, was, it was very spot-on um, by, I, I forgot who was coming, it was Martin Tower and someone else, who's commentating, and the color commentator said this, like, you look at Newcastle had a ton of chances, but they they still don't have what, what Spurs have, and, and what Manchester City have, and what Arsenal have, and what Chelsea have, and it's not 45 million pound wingers and attacking midfielders and 70 million pound fullbacks, it's a striker that can score in front of net, in front of the goal, like, I mean, that, that's, that was the key, was that Newcastle had 22 shots, but six of them were on target. When you don't have attackers that are that are consistently getting shots on target, it it, it makes it difficult you difficult for you to win the match. No matter how well you play, no matter how good the buildup is, like it's just going to be tough for you to win. And so, I mean, that that kind of was a story for me was that we had 22 shots on target. We had we had sorry, we had 22 shots and six were on target. But then again, Spurs had eight shots and eight of them were on target. So, uh, I, I mean, I feel like. If you're Spurs, you're fine walking away with, with, with that kind of sat line. So yeah, I mean again I think the the focus is just like we like you're when the transfer window opens up, you gotta bring in someone who can who can score goals. Um and whether it's a striker or another forward that's dangerous, et cetera, et cetera, they've gotta get shots on target and be able to, to at least test the keeper. Yeah. And even the shots on target were weak. I mean, like we're talking Curled efforts that were dying before they even got to the keeper. Like they were not, they they barely should have counted the shots on target. Yeah. All right, we're gonna take a break. Then we're going to move to some other quotes, stats, etc. Uh, we're gonna do that right now. For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Don't settle for an old Gmail address. Show your true colours with your personalised at toonarmy.com email address to use in app or on the web. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. All right, Stevie Bruce and his famous quotes. Uh, we're here for him. Uh, this is what Steve had to say. Uh, I couldn't have faulted them in their attitude, application, and the way they, the way we played. We gave it everything we could given the problems we've had. The second half at Watford wasn't acceptable, but they've shown today that they're trying their best to finish as high as we can. It's the best we've played in a long time. They were so they were excellent. Realistically, we were safe months ago. So the challenge has been: can we finish as best we can? Their attitude and application was excellent today, and you don't always get what you deserve. We were naive after we equalized and we gave Harry Kane too much room. You know, it's a goal, and that's the difference. That quality at the top of the pitch. Fabian Cher looks like he dislocated his his shoulder, and Alan Saint Maximin has a calf. He has a calf. Quote, um, we'll have we'll have to see on on him, but we're down to the bare bones. We're already missing seven. It's about to go. It's about getting a few back for the start of next season. Now, yeah, there you go, Steve. 
Uh, do you have any stats? I have some. Um, uh, no. Okay. Matt Ritchie scored his second goal of the season. It equals his tally from 2018-19. Oh, good for him. Uh, and one behind his uh, tally uh, from the 2017-18. Um, but he has seven Premier League goals, and that moves him level with a varied bunch of current and former players. One being is Kieran Clark, um, Jonas Gutierrez, Stephen Glass, uh, among the others that have seven Premier League goals for Newcastle. Um, he has 24 in all competitions for, for Newcastle. Uh, that, that includes championship season. Um, I'm just talking Premier League only for his seven goals. Uh, others, it was Newcastle's 956th Premier League outing, but it was also our 3,500th top flight league fixture. So uh, there was our first top flight league fixture was a four to two loss to Wolves in September of 1898. There's a stat for you. Um, with only one visit left to St. James's Park, and that's the champions, Liverpool. Um, we're on pace to record their lowest Premier League home goal total ever. Uh, we're currently at 21, and. Uh, we, need, we need to score one more, and it would have to be against Liverpool <laughs> to tie. Uh, I'm, I'm predicting a 5 0 winning against Liverpool. <laughs> um, and then lastly, we, we scored our. Oh, no, sorry. I, I said we're at 21. Uh, yeah, that's right? what you said. That's that's a lot. The record is 21. We're at 19. Oh, so we need to score two, like we three. We need to goals. score three to beat it, two to tie. Yeah, Man, to, that is. This would be but the hey, worst Premier League home goal total ever. But we'll we'll beat Liverpool five 0 and it'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, so five of our nineteen goals have come in the first half, and only one of them in our last eleven matches at home. That's that hurt my brain. So we're just gonna ignore it. No, I'm saying we don't score in the first half. Oh yeah, I, I, yeah. Okay, that makes sense then. Yeah. That's All right, crisis averted there. Um, some ex- expected stats for oh, that? Wait, time out. I have one stat from uh, the great right. Andy Hayes, who tweeted this out. 12 goals conceded in the last four games. So, uh, yeah. that's, a, that's a stat. <laughs> take, it as, take it as you wish. So, to give you... So, this is an interesting one, because um, expected goals, and five expected goals, we had 1.06. Interesting. Um, so Spurs still won the expected goal by decent margin, but not as big as the scoreline. As that's not surprising. Uh, who do you think Elijah led for expected goals for Newcastle? Uh, Almiron. He was second. I'm going to guess Almiron every week because the guy just takes shots from yeah. like, all over. <laughs> so um, no, he was second. Uh, Maximin was third. Gale was actually fifth. Who the hell was first? It was John Joe Shelby at .45 expected goals. But I don't even remember um, him shooting. <laughs> uh, he had a couple free kicks. Oh. Um, expected assists. Any guess there? Uh, I'm going to say Alan St. Maximin, I think. You also. He is also second. 
Uh, so I'm just good place, for guessing the second best guy. Yeah. Uh, first place is Matt Ritchie at point three eight. Um. Okay, so some other stats. Um, Spurs had 58% of the chances. Uh, we had 22 shots of their eight. Um, only six shots on, our, on target. Um, PPDA was pretty good on both sides. Expected points, Spurs had 2.01. We had 0.73. They did. Last stat is 538, the Premier League table, what they think is going to happen here. Uh they think Newcastle will finish in 14th at 45 points. Um, when the restart happened, they said we would get to 49, so they took taken four points off of what we had. Um, Fair. We still above Brighton and will be tied with Crystal Palace, but losing on goal difference. Um, we have, let's see our chance to finish. Can we finish? In, oh, we can no longer finish in 10th. Oh, wow. Top 10 finish is officially done for Newcastle United. All right. Dang it. Darn. Uh, Elijah, who is your worst player? Um, oh, man, this is tough. I, I don't want to say this again. So I, I I don't know if I can go share, but I also I feel bad for Emil Kraft because he just is not a center back. But he's being forced to play center back again. So, I mean, I'm going to go with Emil Kraft. I think that this, the last goal was kind of telling. He was decent throughout the match, but the last goal is, is not what you expect. And there were some moments where I felt as a center back he was playing a little bit out of position. Um, and maybe that's just me being, uh, I guess, conservative in my ways with, with the back five, back three setup. But, I mean, there were some moments where he was essentially – playing almost as a fullback and was so far up the pitch that DeAndre Yedlin was almost playing like alongside Dwight Gale. So I just think positioning, he wasn't that great. And and we got beat down that right-hand side a bunch due to kind of both of them. But I mean, especially Emil Kraft just not being able to track back as quickly as, I don't know, DeAndre Yedlin could. So I'll go with Emil Kraft. Yeah. Uh, I'm going Yedlin here. Um, I hate doing this because he's a yank like us, but uh, yeah, Yedlin is a compound of frustrations that I've had for a long time. Um, Yedlin is uh, he's he's kind of tough to watch, uh, especially today. And so he didn't off he didn't offer anything defensively. He didn't offer anything offensively on the attack. He w- he was simply just. He did nothing. And part of the reason why I think, like, I, I put in our Slack that Yedlin is doo-doo. Because um, that's just, he just looked like trash out there, honestly. <laughs> and it, it sucks to say, but, like, I was talking to some friends about it. And, like, we, like, I can't, I realized this in the middle of our, us texting about it. Like, Yedlin has not improved since he left Seattle, I don't think. And that's, that's I a would concern. I would disagree with that. I would. That's I'd fine. say. I, I don't. I would say that he improved in the championship season from being a defender that relied think, solely on pace to a defender that has relied a little bit, definitely still on pace, but at least has a little bit more one-on-one defending skill. I would definitely I, say I, Yedlin at at Seattle. If you put him in and plug him into that championship side, he definitely does not start every match like he did. I would say yeah, that Yedlin. I think the I would, I would say this, Yedlin has definitely regressed this season 
back to kind of what we saw when he first came into Newcastle. I would say he's regressed. I wouldn't say that he didn't improve since he he left Seattle because I think there was a there was a level where he definitely was playing at a higher level than he was before. Like, like well, yeah, the championship he was playing against lesser talent and he took but advantage still of better I, talent than Seattle. Like, still better talent than MLS. Yeah, and he dominated MLS. So, I, I would beg to differ in terms of like dominated, but I I think yeah, that, that's fine. You can differ. My opinion is that we're we have the same player that we got initially. And that's it's not good enough. And I'm done. I like it sucks. I really like the guy, but he's got to go. He shouldn't be on the field in the Premier League. I disagree and with you. Just I fine. disagree with that he that he he has stayed the same because I do think that he fine. did improve, fine. but I think he's regressed back to what he was. If that makes sense, yeah, that makes because I think that there was you just like said that. yeah, I know. I'm just saying right. like I just I don't know. I want to hammer that home because I do think championship season in the first season back in the prime. He was fine, and he was like an out-and-out clear starter at right back, and it was like no issues. Yeah, he had his moments here and there. He had a, a match probably about every couple months where it was like, wow, Yedlin is not great. But this season, he's just been absolutely just like absolute trash, like worse yeah. than worse than not, when we got him. Like That's not good. Yeah. Um, so it's not good for USA. It's not good for Newcastle and – it's it's definitely his time, and it could be mental that he's just was never in it this year. But still, that's that's unacceptable to me. Do, he was my worst player today. Do you, uh, on this was, real quick before we get to best player, and this is something that people are saying. It seems like Share and I would I'd put Yellen in this category have regressed under Steve Bruce. Do you think that it's a manager thing where it's just like certain players? Like I mean, I obviously I think that managers obviously affect the development of players in general, but I think Steve Bruce. Those two have kind of been just like guys who were somewhat reliable before this season are just you can't play them um, <laughs> under Steve Bruce. Maybe I I don't know. I mean I don't I don't know much about Steve Bruce and how he runs his team and his managerial style, but it seems like they have taken a step back. I mean even Christian Atsu, but I don't even know if Christian Atsu took a step back or we just had a better version of Christian Atsu and Valentino Lazaro. But I know for sure Yedlin and Cher have definitely been like as. Shelby has improved. Both of those guys have just been god awful. Yeah, yeah, it's something to to note for sure. Uh, best player for me uh, by a mile, Alan St. Maximin. Yeah, and and just to be different, I'll say John Joe Shelby. I thought he was brilliant as well. Yeah. Uh, every time he got on the ball, he he was looking dangerous. Played a lot of good balls. His set piece delivery was solid. Even Matt Ritchie had really good set piece delivery today. So, um, I mean, I think Shelby does a shout. Um, I think Almiron was was okay, but. Definitely not the best match he's played since the restart. Um, a little bit ghost at times. Outside of the first two initial chances, I felt like he wasn't as involved as as I'd like him to be. And then there were some chances where he just absolutely skied towards in the second half. And I was like, I mean, we got to do better. At least put it on target. Like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. We're gonna we're gonna take a break and we're going to preview our next matchup against Brighton, uh, so we're going to do that right now. For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Never miss a match with live commentary, goal alerts, lineups, in-game stats, and TV and radio links for over 100 leagues globally. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. All right, we're back. Newcastle going to the South Coast, facing Brighton. Uh, Brighton is... Pretty much safe. They're still technically not safe, but uh, they might as well be. Uh, yeah, so I mean, they're playing Newcastle, so I'm, I'm sure they're going to be safe. 
Ouch. <laughs> um, yeah, it's going to be pretty interesting, uh, I guess. Uh, let's talk about our lineup. What are we going to do? Because I have no clue. Yeah, um, I guess this is a good time to kind of talk about the, the injuries coming out of that one. Um, yeah. I, Greg kind of alluded to it, but Cher dislocated his shoulder. As soon as he went down, I kind of knew. Uh, I don't I don't know why. I, it's kind of odd. I feel like Americans, no offense to the Brits, but I feel like we're much better at, at diagnosing injuries than, than, than any of our British counterparts, just simply because of the amount of sports we consume in America. But, like, as soon as he went down and I saw, I was like, I've seen this a billion times. Like, this guy clearly dislocated shoulder. And then when he was walking off the pitch, I was like, yeah, 100% dislocated. They popped that sucker back in, and he's feeling it. And, of course, I was right. So, shout out to me. Um, hats off. Let's give myself a, a prize. But Cher's got a dislocated shoulder. Those take two to three weeks to heal from. We've got two weeks left in the season. He's done for the season. And then uh, Jamal LaSalle's ankle injury, um, he had surgery on it. And it's going to be, what, a six- to eight-week recovery. So, he's definitely done for the season. So, Newcastle are down to, what, one fit center back? Yeah. With uh, Federico Fernandez, yeah. um, Lejeune and Clark are pretty much done for the season. It looks like our, regardless of what people think of Emil Kraft at center back, it's going to keep happening. Um, Unless you so, want to throw Jonjo in there or something, do something fun. Oh, that'd be <laughs> bizarre. Or hey, I don't. Do we have any good center back prospects in the youth team? I mean, I don't I feel like all of our good defenders are outside backs. Uh, yeah, no, uh, not not ready. For this at all, <laughs> not not ready for the likes of Liverpool. No, no. Um, <laughs> imagine yeah, well, give a, a center uh, back his debut against Mo Salah and Mane and Bobby Firmino. Liverpool might be playing their youth team. Yeah, so. oh, 100. You, I feel like that's the match where you got both sides just got to because at that point Liverpool would have already lifted the trophy too. So it's like at that point you got to just play your youth side, whatever. Anyway. Um, but I think that's it for injuries. Oh, Alan St. Maxman, uh, you kind of, uh, he flared up a calf or a hamstring or something. And I, it just doesn't really make sense in my eyes. I'm sure for you, Greg, to, as well, to even play him at all yeah. for the rest of the season. Um, we're looking at about, you know, at, I wouldn't at play a him or Almiron. Yeah. There's no reason to play either one of them. I mean, yeah. I, I'm sure Almiron's going to want to play because he's Miguel Almiron and that like, that's what he does. Um, and I'm sure Steve Bruce will not tell him no. But if I were the manager, I would just go youth team, get the rotations guy, maybe show off some of the guys you're trying to sell, give Christian Atsu a run, give Yoshinori Muto a run. Like, why not? I mean, get Dwight Gale in there. Get Joel Linton in there. Not, be- not because you're trying to sell Joel Linton, but just purely for confidence, I guess. But, yeah, I think that's it for injuries. But... We're looking at a, a good chunk of our starting lineup is just injured. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's it's going to be tough. Uh, <laughs> uh, what do we have to do to win <laughs> against Sprite? It shouldn't be that hard, but right now it feels like it is. I'm going to be real with you, Greg. I don't even know that's a question to be asking because I'm just fully in the we've achieved safety Tottenham was our last chance to really achieve something from this season. I mean, the the chances were slim, but, like, you beat Tottenham and you went out and, like, you you have a top 10 finish. But that's not going to happen anymore. So I don't even know if we're looking at what we need to do to win. But I'm I'm really more concerned with just, like, all right, well, what 
what players can use this to their advantage, what players can make the most of this opportunity. You look at guys who, who could definitely make the most of this opportunity. I'm thinking the Mil Bentaleb, uh, I mean, he's had a, a shaky, <laughs> uh, albeit pretty pretty rough uh, start to not start, but really pretty rough loan spell at Newcastle. That's been a, a bit of a mixed bag. Sometimes he's looked good, sometimes he's looked bad, sometimes he's looked in, invisible. This is a time for him to kind of prove his worth. Uh, I'm looking at Valentino Lazaro. Um, I mean, it seems like he's already proved his worth, but again, if he's going to be playing a little bit more, since I'd imagine he comes in for Alan C. Maxman, that's a guy, Matty Longstaff, I'd imagine, is, is a guy who's going to want to make an impact, uh, you know, as well. Yoshinori Muto, Christian Atsu, Joel Linton, guys who they need to really prove their worth going into next season as to just being Newcastle players in general. Yeah. Those are the guys who I'm I'm just like, I'm curious to see what they do with these last two matches. I don't expect Newcastle to win either one of them. Um, I don't really know how serious Brighton's going to take this. Even if you, the Liverpool plays their youth team, I take their youth team over our youth team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, last time we played them, it was 0-0. Extremely exciting. Uh, and without, I mean, we're going to miss a lot of players. Uh, yeah, I'm, I, Newcastle, what Newcastle has, needs to do to win is to maybe, maybe like a, maybe a miracle, like a miracle goal to win one, nothing. Uh, really? It should be, what did Newcastle need to do to like win in your eyes where it's like not a, it's like a, a moral win. Like for me, it's like play the young guys. Like that would be a win for me. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Tom like Allen for sure. Yeah. Like, I love I love the Tom Allen in the FA Cup. I thought he was great. Like he had assists. Yeah. Like I mean, I'd love to see more of him. And I mean, I think Brighton's a good team to gauge like how ready he is because I wouldn't say Brighton's great, but they're not they're not championship level at the moment at least. So I mean, if if he's able to take on defenders one on one, I mean, same for Matty Longstaff, where it's like if you can see a little bit more of Matty Longstaff than just like his raw work rate and athleticism and his ability to find spaces. Like I'd love to see both of them just kind of play and make the most of the opportunity and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, what's your prediction? Mine, I'll go first. Mine is we lose one nothing. That's pretty spot on. I'd say it's another nil-nil draw. Oh, yeah, what the people want. Give, give them what the people <laughs> want. Man, uh, oh, man, this is this is a really fun end of the season. It's, <laughs> it's crazy that two weeks ago we were like, wow, Newcastle are playing the best football we've ever seen. And now it's like, ugh, can this season end? Like, please. Yeah, seriously. We're begging for it to be over. Yeah. Um, let's uh, do, do uh, like any players on Brighton that you want to talk about. Um, I mean, like the usual suspects. You guys all know they've got a few players and – I guess Pascal Gross is still there. Lewis Dunk. I mean, the the, the same old. Remember, same old. Um, remember when they had Anthony Knocker, and they were yeah. like touting that as like the best thing in the world. Yeah, uh, and he would come. He eventually like was so bad that he was like a sub in the 85th minute, and it was like, here comes Anthony Knocker. Remember when he was like relevant, and everyone was like, yeah, <laughs> f that guy. Yeah, um, yeah, like you know. I don't even Shane Duffy. There's another name. He's a oh Aaron Moy. That's right. Oh yeah, I forgot this. Yeah, he's actually, good. Yeah, he's he's good. actually very good. Um. All right. So let let's talk about news. Uh, 
LaSalle's had surgery on Tuesday. So that's that's not good. Uh, but it, they're, they're saying he's going to be out till late August. Uh, we'll see. Um, for Premier League updates, uh, we have transfer window details for you. Uh, so it's going to open on July 27th, and then it's going to end on October 5th. And then there's also going to be a domestic-only win- window. Um, it's where Premier League can only trade with the EFL. And it will run from October 5th to October 16th. Um, it is still, like, FIFA still has to review and approve those. Um, and the l- other thing is the substitute rule. Um, it's being reported that the five substitutes is going to stay for this next season. Uh, and I'm just curious on that. What are your thoughts on five subs? I mean, I, I honestly don't have an issue with it. A lot of fans do have an issue with it in terms of, like, it's unfair with the death and stuff. But it's like... I, I get it, but also I'm just like, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm not really that upset about the five steps. I honestly like it. I think it's interesting. I think if you have a good manager, it, it, it allows for things to get a little bit interesting, like, you know, maybe a formation change or just assure things down. Because there's plenty of times where I would have wished. That's the thing, that's the thing that I'm, I, I, I have to, that's my take, is that, there's, I understand people's frustrations with it, but there's plenty of times where I wish Newcastle had five subs. So I'm I'm fine with it. There's like, there's times yeah. where I'm like, man, I wish we could sub off a midfielder because our midfield is getting overrun. Um, so I'm I'm fine with it. It's whatevs. I don't know if you have any other thoughts. On yeah, the like I, I don't I don't mind that. I know I know Rafa uh, has publicly said that he doesn't like it because it like it it lessens. Um, the managerial impact when you can just bring in five good players off the bench, but I don't mind it um, because we don't. Like, we have Steve Bruce's manager. So I say like, like <laughs> I mean, I, it's like so. Like I prefer we have more options. <laughs> yeah, like I don't, I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, and even then, Steve Bruce struggles with making the three subs out of five. But I'm also a play the kids fan. And that will get that will do wonders for youth development. I think it would. It would. Um, yeah. That I don't know. I mean, I get kids plenty just, of opportunities to play in in some great opportunity, great positions. I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm just praying that it that we don't have Steve Bruce at the beginning of next season. Yeah, it, we'll see. It's it's something. Oh, I do have more. Oh, okay. Um, uh, Freddie Woodman got hurt. Um, Jacob Murphy, um, started his match, but didn't score anything. And Akroth Lazar did not play in his game. Oh, it's a big uh, shocker there. Akroth Lazar uh, didn't play. Uh, if you want to support local clubs, Blythe Spartans, uh, they have a, um, a fundraiser going on called the Future Fund. So if you want to donate to keep Leicester Bartons up and running, then you can do that. You can just find them on social media. And then Luke Sharman, if you ever remember him, he left Newcastle. He has joined non-league side Darlington. Um, wow, Darlington's non-league now. That's sad. Yeah. Anyway, um, oh, I have another one. Yeah. Our, our our unofficial championship team, Brentford, they are, they are hot. <laughs> they've won like eight straight like they have they're 
freaking on fire. So shout out Brentford. Um, very close to securing automatic promotion. They're one point off of automatic promotion. So um, championship, honestly, here's a pro tip for you, Greg. This is something that I would I would say to anyone, any aspiring young soccer lad. Premier League is done and dusted. Like I, I like unless you're a fan, if you're a fan of like Leicester or Arsenal or Tottenham or Burnley, maybe there's something else to play for because those teams are all in, in wolves. They're they're all in competition for your European spots. But if you're like us and your your fate sealed mid table, lower table, whatever it is. Start paying attention to the championship because that is that's that's shaping up to be one of the more interesting uh, kind of promotion relegation title races of the season. Uh, Leeds are obviously very much in control of of their destiny, but I mean the the playoff spots for the championship are, are wild. So would hundred percent recommend doing that. You could do that yeah. if you have ESPN Plus. Do it. You got Which anything you can, else? We have an oh yeah. Here's one more thing. And this is this is this is for our uh, our NBC sports people. NBC Peacock is probably the worst thing that's ever happened in the Premier League. <laughs> if you're American, you understand what I'm going. I, I'm I'm talking about today. I witnessed just like I don't know. It was it was just awful. I mean, obviously the the video quality was fine, HD, beautiful picture, all that kind of stuff. But NBC Peacock. And if you're unaware, so for some reason, NBC, they have the, the rights to Premier League in, in the U.S. And it's whatever. It started off great. Like, you could watch all of their matches on TV. And then if your team wasn't playing, you could watch it online for free. It was cool. But then they started adding this thing where it's like, you pay 60 bucks and you can watch any Premier League match. And it was like, all right, that sucks. But, like, cool. But then they've decided to launch a brand new streaming platform called NBC Peacock, which I still don't understand it still doesn't make sense, but they've decided to put all the Premier League matches on NBC Peacock, made everyone sign up for it to watch these matches, and the stream was like literally two minutes behind the actual match. There were people who missed the back-to-back Newcastle and Tottenham goals because the stream was so behind, and that just has to be fixed. So I think none of them are listening to this right now. They probably don't care who I am or what I have to say, but if the NBC Peacock people are listening to this, Fix your damn stream. That was a damn shame. There were so many people who had complaints about it, and I'm one of those people. And I was connected like to the the, the wall, like the, the Ethernet cable, like to my laptop. So like, we got we got to figure this out before the, before the new season starts. <laughs> That's all I have to say, Greg. That's it. That's all I got. All right. Well, that concludes episode 142 of CHN Radio. I'm your host, Greg Troxel, and that's the best damn coast in the land. Elijah Newsom, and we will see you this weekend. Um, away the lads. It's cold up there in summer. It's like sitting inside a fridge. But I wish I was on the case side, looking at the old time bridge. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I might as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day. I'll need for a bottle of your own brown hill. I'm coming home, Newcastle. If you never win the club again, I'll brave the dark at St. James's Park if the Gallagher's end in the rain. I'm coming home. And I'm proud to be a Jody and to live in Jody land. Some people think we're bawdy and we're hard to understand. And they say it's just self pity. And we're not so very tough 
Cause the people in the big fat city Haven't had a toughest road I'm coming home, Newcastle You can keep your London wing I've walked the streets all day I'll meet for a bottle of the River Tyne I'm coming home, Newcastle I wish I'd never been away I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound In me mother saying, hey, how are I'm coming home The old blind busker who stands at Phoenix door. He plays a mean accordion, you've all seen him there before. And I love the Geordie heroes, there's so many famous names like Lindisfarne in Gaza, Brendan Foster in the Gates at Games. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I might as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day, I'll need for a bottle of your own brown nail. I'm coming home, Newcastle, if you never win the cup again. I'll brave the darkness in James's Park, in the Gallagher tent in the rain. I'm coming home, Newcastle, you can keep your London wing. I'd walk the streets all day, I'll need for a bottle of the River Tyne. I'm coming home, Newcastle, I wish I'd never been away. Kiss the ground for the welcome sound in me mother seeing hey, how we I'm coming home, Newcastle. I might as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day. I'll need for a bottle of your own brown nail. I'm coming home, Newcastle. If you never win the cup again.